Test one, two, test one, two, test, test, test. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's better. That's actually, that's better. There we go. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself. I heard myself better a second ago. You know I like to hear myself loud. Uh, how's that? A little too loud. That's good. Okay. Well, welcome to the trap episode. More reasons than one. Because we're trapped. Eh, I mean. Day one. <laughs> we've actually managed to spend a fair amount of time outside, so. Of course, the first day of Armageddon would be the most beautiful day of the year. So far, yes. It's very beautiful. And yes, I'm eating my overly spiced Poblano pepper, adobo, Mexican chicken tortilla soup. It sounds like a Japanese anime. Like how many descriptors are in there? I'm really proud of myself. It's pretty tasty. But I'm going to stop now because I hate the way it sounds on the back end. Ew. You're pathetic. Yes, I am. Is this for me? Yes. Well, that's fancy. I figured if you're not going to eat, we might as well burp into the microphone with some Perrier. I made a really good mocktail last night. What was it? Muddled raspberries, mint leaves, ginger root, um, and a Perrier. It's all about the muddle, isn't it? I'm into the muddle now. Yeah, I'm big on it. I like the muddle. Um, I should probably seriously, really, we're gulping into the mic. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, that's punch yourself in. That was terrible. Mm. That was absolutely terrible. You should have waited for me, because most times, somehow, <laughs> I inexplicably am able to just give you, just get it started. Just give you a clear pathway. I'm hot. It is hot in here. We don't have any air on. <sighs> All right, we're pausing. Why? Don't you dare. No? No. Why? Why would you? So folks don't have to listen to us fiddle with the thermostat for two minutes? No, we're going to just be hot for an hour. I said that's going to be. No, Christ. Okay. I don't know what you thought this was. Mm. No pausing in podcasting. There's absolutely. Not in this one. Yes, boss. 
So we're home. We're home. Is this is this day one or is this technically day two? Well, we've never done this here, so this is day one. Ah, uh, that's true. Um, it was important to me to do this today, even though it didn't really fit. Like, I have a shit ton of things I need to be doing right now. Um, I believe your exact words were, if we don't do this every day, we're whack. We're losers. Not we're losers, whack, excuse me. Which is worse. But that's not why. I thought it was important to kind of look and see what are going to be the challenges, what are going to be the things we need. Um, like, for example, depending on what time of day it is, let's make sure we get the temperature straight before we sit down. Because mm-hmm. at the office, that's not a thing. The temperature is whatever it is, and it's always comfortable. Here, you got to adjust. Um, my kid's going to be here, we now know, um, definitively, for at least a week, if not more. Um, and when she comes back, she'll probably still be here throughout the day. So I needed her to adjust to, you have to leave the apartment because Mother and Jonathan do a podcast every day for at least an hour, and you need to go. And you wait too long to introduce something like that, it gets weird. Right. So I knew I had to do that day one. This is the new normal, my friend. Um, is it? Uh, I mean, no, this doesn't have to be the new normal forever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, right, right. It's the new normal for however long it's the new normal. So day one so far, so good, I think. Um, not, I mean, yes and no. I can, you know, I kind of, I, the morning was very similar to my mornings. Um, it was a little easier because I didn't have to take her to school, wake up, coffee, talk to you, whatever. Um, I wrote out everything I needed to do today and I didn't do any of it because it was nice outside. Mm-hmm. And you're here, and Maisie's here, and it feels festive. And I'd rather go buy her some art supplies than edit a story for AARP. Yeah, I also feel like that's a first day kind of deal. Nah, we've had nice days. We we didn't even have a winter. I don't get to be like it's nice out. Like what? It was nice out in January too. Like we didn't even have a snowstorm. It's almost seventy today. And I know, but like, still, it's been mild enough. Sunny. It's not like we've all been cooped up with snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm. We had a pretty decent, I think it's safe. Is it safe now? Can I say, wow, this winter was really mild. Yeah, you're, you're in a clear. I think uh-huh. I said you're in a clear uh, clear last week. Okay. Because um, you've been, like, it was February 1st, and, and you were calling like, winter a wrap. So a week from today is the first day of spring. Um, it's also my daughter's 23rd birthday. Um, so we'll see. Um Either way, I kind of slacked off a bit today. And I'm going to have to make sure that next week, while there's a kid here all day, possibly two. Possibly two. Um, I'm still getting my work done. Yeah, I had to take Cole up to the Bronx to drop him off with his grandparents. Which, in the midst of everything, probably isn't a great idea. I was... I thinking about that but it's also likely the last break that's going to come for several weeks so if there's a day where you can go be someplace and have a good time and you know i can get a break and his mother can get a break we'll go with it they're they're very healthy and all the (laughs) things they don't 
they're fairly much introverted, so they're not out and about shaking a whole lot of hands. So I think it'll be all right for one day. Your I'll son's you know. not introverted. He's out shaking a whole lot of hands. No, nah, he's not a toucher. He'll wave. If someone... Bless you. That was Poblano Pepper sneezing. Not the Rona sneezing. Not that Rona. <laughs> Whatever. It's not the um, same when you can see me do it. It's true. How come <laughs> I can't see you do it at the office? Because the computer is in the way. Oh, that's what's so weird about this in general. Yeah, we can actually see each other. I should turn my chair around. <laughs> that's with not, my, that with will my make back it, to you. That will make it weird. Um, but no, Cole's not a handshaker. It doesn't matter. If somebody at his school or in his class had it, he got it, and he could give it to your grandparents. So we just have to be careful. There's really, like, what are we going to do? Ultimately. I can't imagine what that would be like to know that you gave oh, your God. grandparents the thing that... Oh, God. That would be... We would never let him know that. He wouldn't know that until he was in a psychiatrist chair at 50. Poor little seven-year-old. Like, Wait so, a second. Grams and G-pops. Right. No. We would never <laughs> allow him to know that. Mm. Um, although, quite frankly, I think he's old enough that he could put those things together. If, God forbid, something like that were to go down. If he had the Rona... Yeah, and, and if he, he knew he had it, right? if he didn't know he had it, then fine. At the very least, then we might be able to trick him into thinking that his grandparents gave it to him, right. not the other way around. Right. Um, I love how you're just effortlessly calling it the Rona now. That's That was the rule. We had the meeting. It is the rule, but you just fell into it really. Oh, uh, you're going to have to tighten up that bolt. This yeah. one? Yeah. Stop looking at me. I would be able to do it if you weren't looking at me. <laughs> what am I supposed to All right. We'll wait. Okay, fine. Oh, okay, maybe if I can do it with my... So the problem here is... You're, you're not talking to anything. I'm talking to you. Yeah, but nobody can he hear the you. Problem here, the problem here is... That you won't let me help? No, the problem here is that my nails uh, are too long to uh, can I, can I help take in it. No, I don't want your help. Uh, I was trying to help somebody. Uh, there. You sure? See? I did it by myself. Okay. Good job. Thank you. How was that show, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Oh, man. So it's finally, uh, Trumpito has decided that we are in a national state of emergency. Yes. Like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Yeah. Two hours ago. I'm, I'm glad he informed us of the situation because yeah. we weren't aware. You know, I just feel safer. Yeah. Knowing he's now confirmed this. And possibly infecting everybody he comes in contact That's why I feel with. safer. Because he obviously knows things we don't know about how the virus is transmitted. What if he infected Tom Hanks? People are very upset about this Tom Hanks nonsense. Why? Because he's the everyman, and we like him. He was invited to the cookout as of last year. So, you know. But he's a very healthy man. Like, no, he's just the idea. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. Okay, now this is real. Because Tom Hanks ain't never do nothing to nobody. You know, people are saying they wish his son had it instead, which is terrible. But And I know we're only joking, but I still think that's terrible. Uh, just... Protect Cicely and Betty for me. That's all I ask. Should we, though? 
Protect them from what? What's going to happen by like next week anyway? I'm cooped up. <laughs> I'm cooped up. Killing off elders, you're terrible. Um, that was terrible. <clears throat> Are you going to cut that? No. Damn it. It was funny. But she has a high school named for her here in East Orange. Betty or Sicily? Sicily. Mm. And uh, wait, Betty? White. Oh, White. I'm thinking you're talking about Betty Shabazz. I'm like, that ship has sailed, sir. What is that? Bombs. Bombs are coming. It's wind. Um, it's Betty White's soul <laughs> haunting you forever. <laughs> um, Betty Shabazz. What did I say about East Orange? Oh, Cicely Tyson mm. has a high school named after her. Is she from here? or and She's not, but she has been super involved in the school for the past, like, I want to say 15 years. Bring your mic in a little bit. Here. Um, all of the plays, mm. all of the casting, all of the rehearsals, all of the everything. Calling Hollywood to get props and money and whatever. Mm. Um, she's been absolutely incredible um, with that school. So here in East Orange, I'm saying East Orange like we're not in Bloomfield, but we're really in East Orange. Should I explain that? No, I won't. Nobody cares. That. Does anybody care about anything we say? People don't care about gentrification. In the hierarchy of the things that people care about gentrification, Ireland would care about. East Ireland Ar- has to deal with gentrification, but fine, whatever. We don't want to talk about how they changed the name of this building and allowed them to use a town that they don't really exist in because they wanted people from other places like Manhattan to come here and pay astronomical rents, which they knew they would not pay if it were in the town that it's really in. We will not talk about that. That's something we. So, what's to say that you knew all this and still rented here? I know. I say that all the time. Everyone I tell, every time I tell someone the story about how this place is really, where this place is really located, I always say, and here I am, and I live here, mm-hmm. and I have to deal with that. Because I do live here, and I'm from here. So, anyway, um, about 15 years ago, the mayor or the superintendent of East Orange changed all the names of all the schools. And <clears throat> people were pissed. They felt like it wasn't necessary. A lot of people started to feel a disconnection to the schools that they had gone to. So mm-hmm. it was hard to get people to promote and come out to things. You know, if you see the Columbian Elementary School is having a fundraiser, you might go because you went there. But if you now hear it's called, you know, I don't know, Upward and Onward Academy, you don't feel that same connection to your school. Um, he changed all the names, all to celebrities. Uh, Whitney Houston, Cicely Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was O.J. Simpson's lawyer's name? Oh, um... Cochran. Yes. Johnny Cochran School of Legal Studies. Um, all of it. And we all kind of were super cringy at the time. It's kind of get off my lawn, though, to be like, how dare you change the name of the school? Uh, well, to no, that might it was more. To. No, it wasn't. It was more about what he changed the names of the school to than the fact that he changed the names of the school. So there was the change. The name change itself was get off my lawny. But it's the get off my lawny people who have money to support. So you don't want to particularly alienate them. What was the most objectionable? The school that he named himself after. Okay. So um, he named one of the schools after himself. How do you do that? that Just like that. (laughs) You just drive by and you see the sign and you say, you have got to be kidding me. Did he pick the best school or? Um, I don't know if there was such a necessarily a best school. Um, They're all charters. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of hard to say. Uh, Does he say, welcome to me high school? No, it just says 
whatever. I mean, when he goes there, it's like, oh, it's my high school. So the only schools that weren't changed were schools that were already named after African-American leaders, um, of which there were some, like Langston Hughes already existed for many years, et cetera. Um, So Cicely Tyson was one. And I have to say, I was one of the people who's really annoyed at the Johnny Cochran School. Um, because? Because I'm, because OJ. OJ, that's why. Because. Because Johnny Cochran got OJ Simpson off and OJ Simpson brutally murdered two people and he should not have got him off. <laughs> that was not a good thing. But that's not how law works, though. It doesn't matter. I didn't feel like I wanted these young kids in this K to three school to be saddled with such a, a figure like that. And he's like, well, it's a law school. It's kindergarten through third grade. Stop. <laughs> he called it the Johnny Crockett School of Legal Studies so that it could feel like it had a reason to be called that. Right. But it's pre-K to third grade. So stop. <laughs> what he wanted was for Johnny Cochran to right, come be through. involved and et cetera. Right. So although I was annoyed Looking back now, I think it was a good idea. Um, many of the people that he named these schools after did become involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think there's something that's inevitable with institutions. There's, there, there's refreshes, there's rebrands. Of course. Um, yeah, it's just... Of course. Although the joke... Now, so you heard that um, The Roots got a street named after him in Philadelphia. Root Street? Root Place? The, the Roots something. Okay. And the joke was that now that it's been named after the roots, it's going to be gentrified all to hell. Yikes. Why? Because gentrifiers like the roots? I feel like the roots is probably the... Uh, the roots in the Tribe Called Quest, a uh, Tribe Called Quest, are probably gentrifiers' two favorite rap groups, if I, had to, if I had to think of. I think that that was the case 20 years ago. I think that gentrifiers' two favorite rap groups now, we'd be really sad to know who they were. Because it wouldn't even be, I don't think that the lines intersect anymore. Because we love the roots and we love tribe. Mm-hmm. And we protect them at, our, at all costs. Yep. Today's gentrifier, we're not intersecting. I don't even want to know what their two favorite rap groups are. But they're not the roots and they're not Tribe Called Quest. Hmm. Today's gentrifier is pretty fucking young. So we got to start there. That's true. So yesterday's gentrifier... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Today's gentrifier doesn't know who the roots are. And they're only vaguely aware of a tribe called Quest. I'm suddenly wondering if there's a gentrifier playlist on Spotify. I don't think that today's gentrifier is what it once was. Once, 20 years ago, gentrifiers were a little bit closer. Oh, there are a lot of them, actually. To us. Mm Mm-hmm. Culturally, socioeconomically, et cetera. Gentrifiers 20 years ago were just kind of brave. Oh, no. We, we always talked about the uh, the scout white person mm-hmm. who would land in the middle of Bed-Stuy. Correct. Jog twice. Yeah. She well, made it. actually, the gay, the gay folks, they come first. They're the originals to plop down. They're not even considered gentrifiers because they're just so much in the community that they're not even seen as such. Then you get that one and then come all the rest. Mm. Gay folks tend to capitalize on those moments because most times they don't have children. At least mm. 20 years ago, it was mm. less likely. So they weren't looking for schools. So they were able to go into neighborhoods that other white folks couldn't go into because there weren't 
good public schools. So you're talking about white gay dudes? White, I'm sorry, like gay dudes. White gay people in general or just gay, gay folks? Gay people in general mm. tend to be initial gentrifiers. See, part of gentrification for me is... Cultural. Yes. Yeah, I'm so, talking about white so you, so gays you, that don't necessarily fit in culturally. I'm talking about gays that are not from there. No, but you, you just said that they fit in culturally and they don't really get paid attention to because they fit in. At least that's what I thought yeah, you said. Right, that so, is what I said. so I mean, if, if, to me, if, you're, if you can ingrain yourself in the culture and you're part of the culture, that's not... I think that's a big tenet of gentrification for me is when you come in and try to change No, what I'm saying is those people signal to the gentrifiers. Oh. This is where you come. So they're not gentrifiers themselves. They're, they're not gentrifiers signifiers. themselves. They're okay. signifiers. I thought you were saying they were gentrifiers. No, they signal to about. the gentrifiers. Gotcha. I did say they were, but they're not. But they do help start the process. Mm. If I go into a neighborhood and I see that there are affluent, not just regular gay people, not my gay people, not your gay people, affluent gay people. If I see them in a the neighborhood, I'm like, and here we go. Why do I feel like I want to end this episode now? I feel like this Why? Is this bad? Not your gay people? Gay people with money? Is that what you basically said? No, our gay people don't have money. When I say not our gay people, I'm talking about the gay people we grew up with. The gay people that are in our families that are not, don't have the money mm-hmm. to be the pre-gentrifier to mm-hmm. our neighborhood. They stand out. Yeah, we know them. They, we know they're not from here. Mm-hmm. But they're also chill. They're also just like, whatever, I'm here. Right. But they do signify. Much like a Starbucks being built. Signify. Well, actually, that's signifying that it's over once that happens. I remember when uh, Fordham Road got its first Starbucks, or got a Starbucks rather. I yeah, I was like, the Bronx will never be the same. Except it is. It's just different. Eh. It's a new normal. Well, no, I mean, it can't be the same. But it is. I mean, it's always every other year something happens where somebody could say the Bronx will never be the same. East Orange will never be the same. Like it's things change all the time. It's just some of them feel more well, yeah, I mean, they're, massive they're, they're, than others. Look, I mean, at that point, unless you're a McDonald's, somebody, there wasn't a lot of corporate folks jumping into the Bronx. And, and at that time, especially, Starbucks was a very affluent Absolutely. brand. Absolutely. They're still taking their time. Who? Starbucks. How do you mean? Like, they'll go into, uh, they're not going to be where Dunkin' Donuts is. They're not going to be in strip spots. Mm. Not in hoods. No, no. I mean, They're gonna be I just in, uh, I talked about the one on Fordham drag. Road. That's Fordham Road. Yes. Fordham Road is the hood. Yeah, but no, if they're in the hood, it's a major drag. Mm-hmm. Well, it's any. That's anywhere. They're not going to be Starbucks guess. on the side street. No, I guess you're right. So. Unless you're in Montclair. Well, Montclair, almost everything is a side street except for the and one. Almost strip. everything is a Starbucks. Well, no. How many Starbucks in Montclair? Two, three, two. Two. One. Wait, what's two? So there's one up in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one. Okay, right, right, right. Actually, I, and then one on Pine, yeah, not Pine, right, right, right. Whatever street that is, church or whatever it is. This is very specific. <laughs> it is, and you will not pause it, and you will not change a single effing word. It's a new normal, nigga. Why are you being all aggressive? Am I? A little bit. It's a tad. Hmm. You need to go to the office. <laughs> for what? I don't know. You feel I don't like, need to go to the Are you office. feeling out of sorts? I mean, I, maybe, but it's not because of the office. Is that why that stew you made is so aggressive? The stew is very aggressive, but if you put some sour cream on it, copious amounts, 
you'll be okay. Do you know that word? Copious. Are we going to do this every episode? Do you know that word? If mm-hmm. I don't know copious. I know. I just, I just sometimes uh, it still freaks me out that you know words. <laughs> you know all the words. You know lots of words. I know a couple. You know more words than I do. So, Jay Electronica is a new artist. Yeah. Only took him 10 years. I think it was more than 10. I feel like they said they were waiting for his album to drop. I think the album was supposed to drop 10 years ago. He's been around longer than 10 years, but right. the album was supposed to drop 10 years ago. Right. Was that 2010? Wow. Mm. And from what I hear, it's not a bad it was worth the wait. Um, Jay is a big part of what makes the album, but... I was happy that he wasn't needed on the album. He was like a bonus. So now I'm hearing the exact opposite. I'm hearing people say that Jay washed him and Jay just used him to put out an album to say the things he can't necessarily say in a regular Jay-Z album. Nah, I, don't, I, I didn't get that. I think as much as Jay Electronica can hold his own against Jay-Z, he held his own. It was fine. He fascinates me. Because? I mean, Exhibit C is... It might be my favorite rap song of ever, mm-hmm. ever in the history of hip hop, which for me is saying a lot considering my background. Um, and I'm always amazed when people can live lots of different places and pick up on all these different things. So much of hip hop is about where you are, where you're from. So much about being a rapper is telling people, this is where I live. This is where I grew up. This is what I saw. This is what I did. And he's got six, seven, eight different hometowns um, and and manages to pay tribute to them all in a way that is really fascinating to me. I'm curious to get your read on the album when you get to listen to it because it is very NOI-laced. Mm. Um, and you growing up mm-hmm. in that Curious to see what your take on it is. Do uh, people need to know what the NOI is? Or we can assume that our Swedish, Hawaiian, Irish, Irish people know the Sing- NOI. Singaporean? Hmm. Sing- Singaporean? I don't know. I don't either. I don't uh, Singapore. Sounds right. Sing- this sound right. Um, so Nation of Islam mm-hmm. is the NOI. Correct. And I feel like I always have to explain that... Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was explaining to them why I didn't eat pork until I was an adult. And I was saying, well, I grew up, I grew up as a Muslim, so we didn't eat pork. And I don't need to explain, but it feels like I'm doing a disservice to the person and to my upbringing to not explain. I don't want to come off like I'm saying, not that Islam, not the real thing, not the terrorist <laughs> Islam, not me, no. So I don't usually explain because it sounds that way, mm-hmm. but it's not really fair to not explain either. Right. Um, but I'm not going to explain. Yeah. Now. We're just going to leave it at terrorist Islam. No, of course not. But when I say We're that, canceled in one episode. Um, I mean, I think when I say that, no, no, you're I should being hope facetious. That people understand that. Um, what comes with being an African-American person who's black and saying I'm Muslim, it just, it's an automatic assumption. Um, 
But yeah, so the Nation of Islam is an offshoot of Islam. Um, that's not very similar. Some basic tenets are the same. More are radically different. I feel like this is a good time to talk about how I am really thinking about changing my name um, because of the connection it gives me to the nation that I do not want any longer. You'd have to get into a part of that that I think you've been trying to avoid for a very long time. Which is what? Saying my middle name? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So my middle name um, is the epitome of Nation of Islam dogma. And for the past 10 years, it's bothered me more and more um, that I carry this name with me, even though you don't necessarily know it, but it's on my passport and it's on my birth certificate. Not that that would change. Um, if I get married, it'll be on my uh, marriage certificate. So I, my name is Aliyah S. King and I've used the S since I was Nine, I think I decided I was going to always use my middle initial, which is super obnoxious. And it's a good thing I ended up becoming a byline writer because, come on, nine-year-old girl. <laughs> who, who tells you to make up a byline? Um, so, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I don't like the representation that's there. And I feel, I just decided maybe in the past year that I feel strongly enough about it that it over it overcomes overtakes it overtakes how i know my dad would feel if he knew that i was dropping that part of my name that mm -hmm. he gave me and that my sister and brother both share i heard the door she's been told to text me before she opens that door <laughs> Poor yeah, so like I said, I'm curious to get your take on the album. Um, and there's also uh, the documentary on Netflix that I want to check out. Want you to check out. Um, yeah. Which I know you've, you has been especially like eh, I don't know, yeah. which is fine. So the documentary you're talking about is about the assassination of Malcolm X. Yes. And who was responsible? And my whole life, my whole life, I was told that the nation killed him. That someone in the nation killed him on the direction of the nation. So I always was told that Farrakhan was involved in some way. And so when I asked you whether or not they talked to Farrakhan or talked about Farrakhan and you said he wasn't mentioned, I kind of made my, I, I knew I wasn't watching it at that mm. point. I can't watch something that doesn't ask that question. Right. Um, I spent quite a bit of time with young Malcolm, Malcolm X's grandson, um, who is no longer with us. And part of his story is that his mom uh, paid an undercover FBI agent to kill Louis Farrakhan because she believed that Louis Farrakhan killed her father. We all, most people in the nation believe that. So for something like that to happen, that's anywhere. You can, the people who made that, that documentary, that part, the idea that Malcolm X's daughter went to federal prison for three years. I think her, her sentence was suspended. But for Malcolm X's daughter to get found guilty of paying an undercover FBI agent to kill Louis Farrakhan because he killed her father. For that little bit to not be included in this documentary makes it Fugazi. So I'm, I'm curious. Like I threw Fugazi in there. <laughs> Very, uh. 
Muslim. Um, so in the documentary, it's the... It's a soft S. It's not a Z. What? Muslim. Sorry. Um, in the documentary, the, it's sort of an investigation going on in the midst of the historical piece. So there's one gentleman who grew up um, in, it with, in the NOI, NOI who's doing the investigating. And I wonder if that put a kind of a ceiling on what he wanted to find and what he wanted to see. Because he talks about, um, uh, was it Newark Mosque? Was it? He talks about Newark Mosque. He talks about where. Um, it's Mosque number seven, yeah. which is the one that my dad belonged to and my mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's mentioned as where. No, not seven. Twenty-five. So the gentleman, the, the assassins came from there. Mm-hmm. And but he kind of stops at who ordered or whatever else. So I, I wonder if that's why he kind of skipped over that part. I wonder if like a lay person would have kept pushing where he decided was. So if wasn't this is wanted. one person's journey and one person's story, mm-hmm. then I I still would like it to see it done, you know, whatever. But all the way through, all the way through. But if it's one person's story and journey, then it's fair that it's your story and journey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. I'm about to undertake my own story and journey about my journey with a particular topic i'm not going to be able to satisfy everyone who's going to be like well why didn't you talk about this place? right and this man did this and this person was killed mm-hmm. it's not going to be able to be that so if that's the case that's fine but from what i read and saw of people talking about it it came off like it was done by <clears throat> i don't want to say proper documentarians but neutral objective documentarians so the 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 and it's kind of weird set up because the documentary is being done by neutral documentary documentary documentarians sorry, documentarians thank you but their subject isn't neutral and the subject so is a person neutral who, documentarians are doing a doc on someone who's doing an investigation on who killed Malcolm right X. so that's nonsense because if you as a documentarian you know better you have you still have control over what this person who's doing this investigation is going to come up with mm-hmm. and what you think makes sense. So if this person says, "You know what? I think Malcolm X was an alien." As a documentarian, right. Are you going to just let him say he's an alien or are you going to keep some level of accuracy in there? So I think it's I think it's irresponsible hmm. to do a documentary on someone who is trying to figure something out. Because now, how do you determine what you feel is accurate and not accurate? Because you can't, you can't cover everything that this person's going right. to figure out. And again, they, I think... And the only way that will work... Did you see Basketball Dreams? I mean, Hoop Dreams? Yes. The only way that works is if you have a really laissez-faire thing where it's like, we put, we put cameras in here. Mm-hmm. Every time he came in here, he did his thing. And then we just chop it down. Like, just completely... But if I see that you're following him from here to there and shooting him, shooting other people, like, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I want to watch it for many reasons, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to, uh, I ain't seen it. <laughs> I ain't seen it. I don't <laughs> no, we're not calling it that. What are we calling I just want to call it, I never saw that. I know, that's lame. Um, there was another in in between name. Damn it! So we we're, we're going to and so there's kind of a cardinal rule of not talking about shows you haven't done yet. Oh yeah, because they may not happen. Right. 
but I've violated that rule okay. on more than one occasion. Okay. And I'm 50-50 at this point, so okay. whatever. Um, but the good thing, I think, about this scenario is you don't let things not happen. I don't. So it is but what it is. But there is a risk with this one because I feel like this one is your baby and I'm showing up and doing what you tell me to oh, do. Oh, no. Listen. Okay. Listen. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I feel. Okay. Because it came out of me always saying, I never saw that. I never saw that. And then the, one of us, I don't remember who, being like, that's a podcast with you talking like about what you've never me. seen. Right. So that is in my head. That one could easily not happen. Mm-hmm. That could. Because you could be like, did you watch a movie that you haven't watched yet? There's a reason why this podcast would work. It's because I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> so in order for this podcast to happen. Well, it's going to be homework. I got to start watching movies. Yeah. You'd be better off, to be quite frank, at least for the first season, it would be better to do the Marvel because I'm definitely, I'm in now and I'm going to watch them all. So I know you've, you've, you've kind of dove, not kind of, you've dove into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Did you Universe. just say Dovin? Dovin. My nigga. <laughs> Dove, whatever. Yes. Um, you've been watching the MCU movies. Yep. I skipped some of them, which is, I don't think it's allowed. So you, you skipped Hulk, which I said from Jump Street, like, eh, we can. I skipped more than Hulk. You skipped Thor. You skipped a Thor or two. I skipped, yeah, I skipped Thor and I skipped Captain America. But you, went back, point, to Cap- but kicked, you went back to Captain, didn't you? Nah, he's boring. What were you watching last night? I was watching Avengers. You just watched Avengers. I was watching. You watched something else last night. Last night I was watching Avengers Age of Ultron. Wait, there's something between. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what's <laughs> happening here? Because there's, there's a lot that happens between <laughs> Avengers so and I'm on Ultron. Phase two. How are you on Phase 2? What do you mean? You watched and, two movies of Phase 1. <laughs> and Avengers Age of Ultron is the first film of each We Of Phase 2. All right. I'm, I'm going to set that to side <laughs> for now. So there's a couple of things. One, we discussed um, watching in the chronological order. Yep. Which I didn't do. Well, only because, again, you're skipping. We discussed no, the, no, no. the okay, rearranged so release we, date. The release date order. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And then we wa- talked about quote unquote chronological, in which case you would have started with Captain, Captain Marvel. America. Captain Marvel. Oh, I didn't think Captain Marvel came out yet. Captain Marvel. No, if you're going in the order of, if you're going in, there's a rearranged order that goes basically in a very straightforward timeline. And in that scenario, Captain Marvel is the first movie. Okay. Um, I didn't recommend that one. Because the whatever, there's a there's a list that is the movies that are strictly canon. Yes. And I feel like that's what you're trying to do. So here's what, if I could just briefly. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to do Iron Man, mm-hmm. you Incredible did that. Hulk, skip that. Mm-hmm. Iron Man two, did Saw that. Mm-hmm. Thor skipped. Captain America skipped. The Avengers, watch that. Iron Man three, watch that. So then it's supposed to be Thor, the Dark World. Skip that. Dark World is actually one of the better Thors, but Captain America. I skipped that. Wait, 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 wait. Which which Captain Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is probably one of the best movies in the entire thing. You gotta watch Winter Soldier. All right, I'll go back. Guardians of the Galaxy. Good I times. Skip that. No, no, good times. Agents of Oh no. Avengers Age of Ultron is where I am now. Right. And so, I was so excited because it's Avengers Age of Ultron. Ant-Man, and then Captain America Civil War. So I was looking forward to those three. 
But if you say I must, I'll go back to Captain America. At the very least, get Winter Soldier in. It's it's worth. Okay. Um, also, I super, love so how here's, so here's, cheesy here's, these movies are. So here's the other problem, though. I want to tell you, I want to say why you need to watch you know, Winter Soldier. Don't. But all right, fine. Um, but just backtrack a little bit. Um, I thought about doing Marvel as a season, but I didn't know if, if that would get bland. Probably. I'm not sold on movies I haven't seen, period. I feel like movies I haven't seen could be in here, what we're doing here. Thursdays are Aaliyah talks about a movie she hasn't seen. Maybe. If this is every freaking day. <laughs> no, we're not doing movies I haven't seen every day. No, no, no. I'm saying if this oh, is I got every you. freaking day. Right. One of those days could be. Okay, that's fair. I, 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 I'm with that. Um, and so then it could be. Our most recent sexual position that we discover we really like. We could do one of those per week. Ew. And talk about that. You got to cut that. I really Ew. do want this to be family friendly. Mm. No. It can't? Family friendly? Not family friendly, but I don't want to talk about. So stop talking about it. That's the easiest you way. You can cut that part. No, annoying is to cut. Yeah, I know. Um, so you're saying they're delightfully cheesy, the Marvel movies. So cheesy. Now I understand um, why they've done so well. Mm-hmm. They're very most common denominator. They're very cheesy. They're very like formulaic, obviously. Um, and they're also super feel good. Like, you know what I notice as a future filmmaker and someone who's peaked at many a film being made? Like, there's certain things you can and cannot do. You know, there's certain like, like for example, you get all these catastrophes, but they never show a civilian dead. Yeah, like right. if the, if a civilian dies, it's like a. But they will they will reference the deaths. Yes, they'll be like eighteen thousand people died, and I'm like, I saw that scene, and everybody got away. Right, everybody was like, ah, ah, run, 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 and then Captain America swooped in and saved everybody with one shield. Um, so they never show massive uh, casualties, mm-hmm. which you know I get it. You can't. Right, but it's still a little weird, like. All this destruction, the Hulk done took down a whole skyscraper, but everybody lived. And they'll show people in the skyscraper, looking mm-hmm. out the window and like running, like, ah! right. Everybody's fine. Nobody no, no, died. No, 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 no. I know, but they don't show it. Right. We're supposed to believe that. But you keep, but I'm not done. Okay. Um, you tried to explain this to me. Oh, never mind. You said I was going to figure this out later about the Hulk and how he works right. and i guess i did figure that out with this age of avengers. this avengers movie i'm watching now i do not like at well, all wait wait. first of all what did you figure out what were you trying to figure I'm out? i'm starting to figure out the hulk and how he works mm-hmm. and how he's evolving over time right um and how he's being able to control His you range. know one of my favorite scenes i'm sure i'm 20 years late but of all the movies is when someone says don't you need to get angry and he says, "That's my secret. I'm always angry." Right. Um, that was a. That was a, when it, it first when the movies first came out. That was a oh, big. Yeah. Move, so what move. I'm liking about that and Loki getting yes, thrown yes, around yes. like a rag Absolutely. Doll. Now I'm realizing the references I've seen to that mm-hmm. over the past. So what I'm liking about following up now is sort of being one with the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. even if it is so much later. There's something fun about when things click late. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's what sometimes it sucks. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh man, I missed out on all this. And <laughs> all, other times it's like all the okay, tweets. Right. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I 
don't like is Agent Romanoff being sexualized. Um, you know, it was all super cool. But I don't know what's going to happen, so don't say anything. But, like, this whole subplot of her and Bruce cutting eyes at each other and whispery and whatever, it's just, like, I don't know. I really liked the first times that I saw her where being sexy was helpful, mm-hmm. um, but not kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. And she worked. And she has no superpowers. Right. She's just super fucking smart and super fucking strong. And can throw them bows and move quick and do all the things. So I love her. Um, and there's a part of me that doesn't want to see her become feminized and romanticized. So part of the Black Widow story, I feel like, in the MCU is the fact that prior to being with the Avengers, there are a lot of things she didn't get to experience, including okay. love. I don't want to. No, but you, I'm talking about the stuff that you've seen already. No, I don't want you to talk about her at all. I but want I, you to stop talking. So there's things that she... No, because we're talking about it. Um, her no, back, I want you to not. Why? Because I'm just afraid that you uh, might say something that I don't want you to say. Except that I'm not. All I'm saying is, because you get to look at her, her origin story a bit. She never got to experience a lot of things that perhaps people experience like love. So I think that's part of why they try to drop that into the storyline. That's all I'm saying. And I wanted to discover that myself. That's all I'm saying. I'm only going off of what you've seen. I'm literally talking about the part of the movie that you said you didn't like. No, I, it wasn't a particular part of the movie. I'm just or the, saying, or the time, seeing, or the, seeing this change for her. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's Agent Romanoff or whatever her deal is. Um, they're very, 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 very base, um, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of, it's just a whole bunch of, and then we need to get the back of the such and such shield. And then if we do, it's energy, energy, energy. Everything is about energy. Yeah. And if we can just get the thing and the tesseract with the energy, it sounds to me like when my sister and I used to play around when we were little kids and pretend to be FBI agents and we just have to make up the words and make up big words mm-hmm. to make it sound like it was something really important. That's kind of how some of these scripts sound. Um, yeah, they're very um, spaghetti westerny, which yes. is the fun part of it. Yes, very spaghetti And then western. you have your, um, God, I forgot the word for it, um, when you have an object. Yeah, we were just talking about this um, word. I just lost it. But they have those. McGuffin. McGuffin? McGuffin. What's a McGuffin again? Uh, McGuffin is an object or a thing in a movie that drives the plot forward. Right. So it's that a way, would be the Tesseract. Right. So it's a way, it's an easy way to push the plot forward right. without having to do Right. Because now it's over there. Right. And now the Tesseract's over there. Right. And now it's in your pants. Um, Ew. Uh, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. And also, I have always had like issues with anxiety, which is part of the reason why I didn't go to the movies. Because sitting in the dark for two and a half hours is not my portion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always afraid that some kind of violence is going to happen and I don't do well with even cartoony violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do blood. I can't do gore. I can't do explosions. None of that. I can't even do implied violence sometimes. Um, I can do it on my laptop a little bit better than I can do it in a huge ass movie theater. Yeah, I barely got you onto the TV to watch any of them. We watched Mm-mm. like, did we watch we watch the rest of Avengers on the TV? But otherwise, you've been on your laptop the yeah, whole time. It's a little bit different. And I feel like I'm bigger than the computer. So mm-hmm. this is not going to bother me. Right. Um, 
If I watch it on a screen bigger than my laptop, I'm going to watch it through my hand because I just don't like surprises. Um, Should we bring up uh, Colson? Yeah, we can. You're I like very, Agent Colson. You're very hurt. And I know everybody already knows I'm late, <laughs> but he's dead. And I just knew that somebody was going to come sew him up. So, I thought somebody was going to come and go, and he was going to be all healed. <laughs> no, afraid not. So one of the things that they I did- love how they are making, wait, what's, what's Agent Shield? Agents of Shield. No, what's the main guy's name? The one who brings them all together, Samuel oh, L. Jackson. Stark. That's Stark. Um, Fury. Yeah, Fury. So I love that through all the nonsense of the scripts and how they're all just kind of eye rolly at some point. They do a pretty good job of making him really flawed, you know, making him a tragic hero with a tragic flaw. Mm-hmm. Like in this last movie, when he threw the Avengers. cards down and it had Agent Coulson's blood on it, right? And said, you know, this is what he believed in. And he, wanted, like, he wanted you to sign the cards and y'all never <gasps> got to it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So actually, I don't think it was y'all. It was just Captain America. Right. He's the only one with cards, right? Um, There were, I think there were all in the deck or there was Mm-mm. like the. It was Captain America's whole deck because I remember him telling him, I have all of them. Okay. And it was hard for me to get this one, that one, whatever. So I was like, ugh. And so then when How I Met Your Mother Girl, sorry, (laughs) that's who she is. She's like, his cards were in his locker. Right. Doom, doom, doom. And I was thinking to myself, am I mad at him about that? Because that's a pretty shitty thing to do. Not necessarily the cards part, but the part that you actually put blood on. I'm like, dude, that's extra. And he admitted, like, I had to get them... Going. Right. Um, so one of the, the nice thing, well, nice or whatever, but um, so Coulson dies in the Avengers, and that immediately leads into the Agents of Shield series, in which he's a part of. Okay. So I didn't need you to so tell you, me that. So you still get your well, you're not going to watch the TV show. You don't know. Anyway, you don't know. Well, you would know anyway if you're going to watch the show. It stars him, but they spun him off into Agents of Shield, so folks could still get their Coulson fix. Mm, okay. I like Coulson. Um. So I have a very good friend who is a mentor of sorts for me in film and television. Once I ever decide I'm going to do something in film and television. And his name is Cheo Hazari Coker. And he's a showrunner and director and writer of Luke Cage, which is a Marvel property. And I remember seeing him go through the process. So scary how these things are done. How do you mean? Like in terms of the secrecy um, surrounding them and Mm -hmm. the privacy surrounding them and how they put together the writer's rooms and just all of it. And um, Luke Cage's was canceled last year. And was that just last year? Oh, right. Because of Disney Plus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, it was maybe it was two years ago. Most of of the Marvel properties were getting run off of Netflix once Disney Plus was becoming a thing. So it was extremely difficult to satisfy Marvel when you're writing something from comic book to, you know, I can only imagine what it must be like for big budget films Mm -hmm. to remain faithful as possible to the comic books because there are Marvel execs whose only job it is to make sure you're keeping that shit as faithful as possible Mm -hmm. and not going too far out of the origin property. Um, So he was you know, had to work with both Marvel and Netflix and make them both happy and still bring his own creative vision. Right. So I thought about that a lot too when I looked at these films being, um, thinking about the scripts and what these scripts must be like. Um, and how they must, 
well, what that must look like to well, put these things together. Add to that the idea of creating 20 some odd movies that are all one storyline, essentially. Right. Over the course of 20, almost 20 years. I know. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing... And it's one of those things where... It's part of the reason why I have a hard time watching DC movies. I really don't watch DC movies anymore mm. because they all are very haphazard and disconnected and they don't... I, I find they didn't take me anywhere on top like, of... Like, like, what are the DC movies? Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. There was mm. a Justice League movie. Mm. Um, I kind of... After um, Dark Knight, which... I don't think everybody necessarily considers a DC movie. It wasn't like DC Universe kind of, it was its own sep- mm. separate side, I think, at least in my opinion. I just kind of didn't get into the DC. Now, DC animated stuff, absolutely amazing. Mm. But the actual movies, they, they, they all feel like one-offs. So I never really got into them. You want to know the last DC movie I saw? Mm. I'll give you a hint. Prince did the soundtrack, and it was 1988. <laughs> That's it. Great movie. Good movie. Actually, I think that was probably 89. I remember I had my uh, Batman medallions and yes, indeed. all the things. Yeah. Batman medallion and Africa medallion. Yes. I don't know how, I don't know how those worked. Yes, because I remember. Actually, that's funny you should say that because um, at my school, it was the same exact thing. Like, I remember Paul and Darnell, whom you met, mm-hmm. wearing X caps. I guess Malcolm X must have came out around the same yep. time. But Batman shirts or the opposite. Like they mm-hmm. were so like, I must rep for <laughs> everything. The blacks <laughs> and the enemy. Like they could right. not um rep for both. So I remember a lot of Yeah, I had my uh, forty acres and mule hat and that was a big flex. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a big flex. Yeah. Red that's and a white. Super flex. Yeah, man. And I had a pinstripe black and white X cap as well. And the medallions and all the things. I really wanted a cap, but my dad wouldn't let me wear one. He was very anti-caps. I heard that. Also, I feel like you would also have a particular offense to the ex-cap. My dad? Yeah. He had one. He did? Oh, for sure. I wondered if that was going to be like a commercial commercialization of... Nah, all for it. Opening for it. night, we're there. Little ex-pens. Um, the book... Of, of course, always. Eighth, so movie came out in whatever year. I'm in the eighth grade. I think that was 89. Yeah, because I was a senior, so you would have been in eighth grade. Um, I could have been your babysitter. Anyway, my friend uh, Michael and I, we walked, I want to say it's probably about three and a half, four miles to the Whitestone Cinema in the Bronx mm. from Soundview in the rain. Mm-hmm. To watch this movie. Wow. And the only reason I really remember that it was raining is because um, not too long ago, he reminded me if I walked there and it's like, why don't you have an umbrella? And it's like, umbrellas are just lightning rods. I don't carry umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And from that day, he stopped carrying umbrellas. Wow. <laughs> for the next 30 some odd years. But no, that, that, was, that was a huge. Do you remember enjoying it? Um, I don't know if enjoy is the word. Uh, I remember... If, it hitting me to my core in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's what I meant. Because yeah. so I, I think I watched the movie before I read his autobiography. Mm-hmm. But my father always would play um, 33s of his speeches. Mm-hmm. So I had, in a weird way, a more intimate understanding of Malcolm. For sure. That would be a 
definite more intimate understanding than the book. And I remember the first time he sat me down, I was like, I don't want, what are we doing? Like, why? And he sat me down and it's like, I listened to the first side and I flipped it. And I think he had another one and like, I just grabbed that one myself and that was kind of it for me. Mm-hmm. But um, no, those were, that was a seminal moment mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of X uh, and movies we haven't seen. I saw that. No, no, no. You've, oh. you've been giving me the, the beat down and the run uh, rundown on the Malcolm. I mean, on the uh, Spike Lee Spike. movies I haven't seen. Yeah, particularly uh, Jungle Better. Fever. Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues. Um, so Mo Better Blues is one of those that I just love. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to front and say it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And I think there's lots of even Spike Nistas out there that would be like, whatever. Um, Jungle Fever is just, Mo Better Blues is a Spike Lee movie you need to see. Jungle Fever is a movie you need to see. Hmm. You would need to see it even if Spike Lee had not directed it. Okay. But Mo Better Blues is just like a good Spike Lee movie. Okay. Um. But yeah, that, I mean, you saw Crooklyn. Of, of course. course. You know, that would be like a swipe left situation if you had never seen Crooklyn. Or if you saw it and didn't like it. So I think not liking it would be far worse than not having seen it. I've, I don't know. You're 42 if, years old. If I told you, yeah, I saw it. Eh, it was. Eh, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was well done or whatever. That's, That's a bigger, yeah. That's worse. Um, also, I feel like, weirdly, Crooklyn was very available to watch. Unlike mm-hmm. other Spike movies, I feel like it popped up very often. That's possible. I don't know what the licensing situation was like or what was going on at that time. Because there's not too many Spike Lee movies popping up on like TBS or whatever. I didn't see it in the movie theater. Neither did I. So, and I usually go to see his movies in the movie theater. Um, What's the last movie you saw in the theater? Ah, let's see. So, you and I have not been to the movie since we've been a couple. Nope. So, that would take care of 2020 and most of 2019. I really couldn't tell you, which is kind of crazy. Toy Story 4. Black Panther. Ooh. Been a minute. Black Panther is the last time that I can remember going to see a movie in the theater. Saw Black Panther at Magic Johnson Theater in Harlem because I wanted to be as blackety black, black, black as I possibly and that's could. About, that does it. <laughs> That'll do it. But, um, yeah, and you just rewatched that again. I did. As, as a matter of fact, I think it was Black Panther. Yes, it was the end credits and the end of Black Panther that made me say, this shit is really all connected. I'm going to watch it. Because I need to, I want to know what that meant. Right. And why everybody was like, <gasps> at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to know that too. One of the most amazing things to me with the Marvel movies were the folks who still got up at the I know. credits. Even I know movie. better. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? The fuck it? Like, we so will laugh. The, here's at the them. thing about that. And I think I told you this. Um, my ex is a director, and my daughters both do not get up, obviously from a movie until they see his name. Whether mm-hmm. he was a director on it or grip, <laughs> key grip, best boy, they're not leaving until they see their dad's name, obviously. So that has transitioned to never getting up, period. Right. Because that's some, as my daughter will tell you, that's somebody's dad up there and I got to <laughs> see that person's name. So she goes on a field trip in the fourth grade and they go see a movie and as soon as the movie's over, teacher and kids stand up and she's like, no! <laughs> Sit down. 
she tells them, we gotta look at all the credits and read as many names as you can, no matter how fast it goes by. All these people work so hard. So she does not get up from credits. Um, I'm not going to movies with your daughter. Yeah, I know. You're not doing a lot of things with my daughter. She's a lot, and I understand that. Um, Shoot, what was the point of me talking about credits? Um, Black Panther and connecting to the other movies. Right. Oh, yeah. So I don't understand how people... I won't, I'll normally stay seated and see as many credits as I can for that reason. Um, but I also know better. And I don't know movies. But I know better than to get up in a Marvel movie when it goes off. Yeah, they'll mess around and have two end credits. Yes. In shawarma. What the? And you need that scene in your life. Yes. It's important. 100%. Anyway, yes, you need to see a couple of Spike Lee movies. I'm assuming you saw Do the Right Thing. Of course. So there was a, every year there's a Newark Museum Black Film Festival. It's been going on probably. You know, forever. I know I, I will never be a true New Jerseyan. Uh, I say Newark. Yeah, never. Just try it. N-O-R-K. Newark. There we go. But you don't have to adjust your whole <laughs> posture to say it. Nork. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. It just doesn't come out naturally. No. So your Newark is actually okay. I've heard people's Newarks that were terrible. So yours is fine. It doesn't take it doesn't rub my ear wrong like mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like some people. Right. But it is Nork. It's just Nork. Anyway, I interrupted. Um, they have a film festival and when I was about 15, my dad came in my room and said, come on, we're going out. My dad did not take me anywhere. So this was a big deal. My sister wasn't allowed to go. We go to Newark Museum. It's a film festival. And we see two features. And both of them were like kind of boring. But I appreciated being with my dad and seeing, I like black people. So I like being around black folks doing things. Um, and then after... They have a college student come on to show his senior thesis short film. Um, people are leaving. Nobody cares. Get out of here. Um, but my dad's like, nope, we're going to watch all of it. We came here. We're going to watch all of it. And he shows his film, and I love it. It's just funny and dark and vibrant. And I kept looking at him as he's sitting on the stage, and I kept thinking, like, how did he do this? Like, what did he do? Like, I'm thinking to myself, did he hold the camera and write the script? And because I see the kid is in the movie, too. And I'm like, just so. I'm just I remember being really overwhelmed at and that director was Quentin Tarantino. And that director was Shelton Jackson Lee, who was 19 years old and a senior at Morehouse and showing his first movie called Joe's Bedside Barbershop. We cut heads. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was super dope. And um, I think I saw that. It was weird. And, I mean, it doesn't hold up over time. Like, this is a I mean, it's a movie. student film. It was a student film, um, but it was good. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, you can really do all the things if you're going to make something. Because mm-hmm. I know I just seen this nigga in front of the camera. <laughs> he just told us he directed it and wrote the script. Um, well, we also had so, a similar conversation about Ava, I think, the other day. Ava? Divert, yeah. yeah. In terms of just getting oh, started just do and doing it. a thing. Just do it. She's the queen of, I'm going to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really proud that I was in one of Ava's films, her second film. Um, and I'm proud that I saw her 
she was she had a day job at BT. She was a publicist at BT at the time. And a lot of people will say, I'll wait until I get a leave of absence. I'll wait until I leave this job. I'll wait until I have enough money. She shot that film at her office in between whatever. Um, one thing I learned from Ava and from that film, and I hope I can show you a clip of it because it's on the YouTubes. Uh, the importance of cinematography. What movie was it? Um, it's called. And you would think I would know. Um, one of the things I learned from her, from watching her, was the importance of cinematography. And her cinematographer, she's used from that film to whatever she's using right now. She's always used, almost always used. Um, Who's D-Funk? Who? I just wanted to share my favorite read of the week that has absolutely nothing what to are do you on? with the morbid state of the country or the impending doom on the horizon. Are you on Twitter or Facebook? It's just about a belt, but you should read it. Thank you, Aaliyah S. King and Level Mag. Oh, man. That's sweet. What is it on? That's the Twitters. Hmm. I know anyway. a P-Funk, but anyway. Make my funk the P-Funk. <clears throat> Got to get I was listening to a couple episodes yesterday, even though I said I wouldn't. And I noticed that the last two episodes I sang poorly. <laughs> so I made a note to myself to not allow that to happen. Um, the movie's called My Mic Sounds Nice. Okay. And it's her second film. And I wish I could remember the name of hers. And that was your second appearance in movies as well. No. More? Yeah, I've been in lots of movies. Oh. I mean, like, if you want to count, like, I've never been in a movie, like, I'm on the script. But in terms of, like, random moments, I could be like, look, 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 there's a couple. I was talking about Lean on Me. Yeah. I, I know there's anything else. There's a couple. You can find me. <laughs> I'm out there. Anywho. What movie are you watching, were you watching tonight? Because <clears throat> you got to do my hair. Yeah. Are we talking about that? Doing my hair? Your hair is so much different than I thought it was. How so? There's like three different textures. Yes. Um, three different lengths. Three different, more than three different lengths. And eat in different parts of your hair respond differently to different products. Mm-hmm. So, it's a lot. I am a hodgepodge. You're a hodgepodge of a lot of things. Don't you even. <laughs> That doesn't even work. Damn. That what? How is hodgepodge <laughs> sexual? <laughs> There's nothing sexual about hodgepodge. Nothing. Let me get that hodgepodge. Mmm, girl. We are gonna watch. Well, it's gotta be age appropriate. Mmm. They're all for her. They're all age appropriate. Oh, we're watching Marvel. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were watching something else. Uh, I, I mean, want you to watch. Jungle I want, Fever, but that's not age no. appropriate. And I want you to watch Shawshank Redemption, but that's not going to happen. Not either. watching that. Why? Is there like violence? It is such a good movie. Is it slavery? No. Slavery like? It's a prison movie. Is it black people being done wrong? No. It's a no. Mm-mm. It's one of the greatest films of all. You know what time. movie I really love? Princess Bride. Life. Um, that was a under. That no, was, life was a great that movie. That was a good ass movie. Life we weren't great. really expecting it to be that. I remember watching them in the in Yankee Stadium, and it was like I, I moved. I got. I was like, oh, that's. Oh, they I made know. it. They made it. Yay! 
I just that's a movie. Um, Bones Malone is in that movie. Who? Bones Malone. So it's uh, heavy hip hop journalism. Yeah, that's who Bones is. The one who's digging with heavy no heavy D. D. That's it. No, oh, with, with, with heavy D. Right, 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 right. Bones yeah, Malone. yeah, yeah. No, no Bones. And we are all like. <gasps> Bones in this movie. The yo. first time, I, the first time I saw Bones in a movie was, um, oh, what was the name of it? Slam. Yes, yes, indeed. You know, I've never met him. Bones. Mm-mm. Me either. Why would I? Never met him. I'm saying we've like, kind of circled at different places, work-wise, like a couple years apart. But seems like a decent dude. I've never met him. Uh, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. he seems like I was that, actually trying to figure sounded... out if maybe I have met him because I have mm. a really poor memory. But no, I think I remember. He I watched like I watched Slam again a couple of years ago. Doesn't hold up as well. It's a nostalgia movie for sure. It doesn't hold I don't up even as well. What was it about? Um, dude is a poet and a drug oh, dealer. Oh, Saul Williams. Yeah. Ends up in jail. Blah blah blah. Right. Blah. I remember now. Saul Williams, yeah, I remember. Um, he was one of my few defenders when the Mean Girls of Morehouse came out, and people wanted my head on a platter. Um, he uh, spoke out about the importance of the story, and if it made people upset, that's fine. But we can't attack where the story is coming from. Thanks, Saul. Wherever you are. Appreciate you. He's listening. He's listening. Always. Oh, he's been waiting for this shout out for 10 episodes. <laughs> this is 13. Really? This is number 13. That's. And I think I told you most podcasts don't make it past five. Well, I knew we were going to make it past five. That's not even a, a thing. What's up with this weekend? What do you mean? What's up with the weekend? What are you doing? Um, What am I doing? Uh, I got some work to do, obviously. I got a story. I got a cobbled together mm-hmm. um is that the only reason you were asking <laughs> um i just know that it might not be like i'm prepared for you to be not my friend i've already prepared myself for that mm. um <laughs> i'm gonna have coal at some point this weekend mm-hmm. uh i think that's about it i don't think we're gonna be we're not recording on the weekends i don't think I don't know. I mean, we we did before because we would be able to go to the office like on a Sunday or whatever and right. randomly do whatever. But we'll see. And now happens. we can roll out of bed whenever we want. Hmm. Mom, we just put all this in the bedroom. I, you didn't. You wouldn't let me. You said no. I'm kidding. Although, and, and to be fair, in the bedroom means we have in space a sitting room in the sitting in the bedroom, room, right? Correct. Because yes. we're fancy. We have I'll, a sitting room. Although in I can't imagine just laying in the bed recording a podcast, <laughs> just, <laughs> just chatting away. Okay. Yeah. Stop hitting your wait, face with you know the microphone. What? I didn't hit my face. It just fell over because I didn't do it tight enough. I, I could help you. Could have helped you with that. So listen, mm-hmm. I think I'm changing my mind. On. Could this be in the sitting room, in the sitting area of our bedroom? The only reason it's not is because you wanted the bedroom to be a sanctuary free of. I said there's only two things that can happen in there. What are those two things? Sleep mm-hmm. and prayer. Those are not the two things I said, but okay. Um, no, you you, you, but this is you not vetoed a, it. I did, but I'm now unvetoing it. I just don't want computers up there. Mm-hmm. The laptop is fine, but I didn't want like this is a computer workstation. Right. 
And if this you see, I took, I cool. put it away. I had to pull it out briefly, but I put it away. This might be kind of cool if we can figure out how to make this work in the sitting area. Like it would have to, like how the mics can be. I already have that figured out in my head. Really? Yeah. Tell me about it. Um. Well, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about that oh, part. Okay. Like nobody knows what our bedroom looks like. But I have a setup in mind. Like we can make it work. And how are you gonna connect the mics to something? There's nothing there but like soft things. The mic is connected. Well, like I said, well, this table wouldn't be up there. Sorry. We're not doing this. Sorry. <laughs> You're not the boss of all of this, by the way. I know. I'm just saying we don't need to discuss the mic setup of a room that people can't see. We so, discuss lots of things that people can't see. Can we discuss spooning and how that's our new favorite sexual position? It's amazing. Even though no one can see that. They can visualize it. They can't visualize our you bedroom. You can visualize a bedroom and microphones in it. Just like you can envision spooning and what spooning is. Just one person laying on one side and the other person spooning behind them. Yeah, take that family-friendly podcast. Cut it. Cut it. And just, just know it is after dark. It's not dark. It's you, dusk. You, you said it's past the point where. Why does that always happen? Why do I get spicy as soon as the sun sets? I don't know. You're like this a, is like the fourth time in a row that as soon as the sun started to set, I start talking about You're sex. like a sexual werewolf. Is that what it is? That's a, is that the name of the episode? Sexual werewolf. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. I do um, think about that. Hmm. I feel like we're kind of just flying blind. I think that's what we do best. Maybe that's the name of the show. Flying blind. Mm-hmm. With it. All right. I want some overly spicy stew. Put some sour cream on it. That's all I can tell you. Ew. You want some overly that's, that's spicy gross. stew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's spicy both ways. That's all I'm going to say. Ew. <laughs> that's gross Uh, all right get the young lady in here she ain't coming in here she's not no yeah i'm hungry cut this morning thing out no no really cut it I'm trying to figure out where I stand on sex on this podcast.